This is an episode about you, said the witch behind the microphone, and you were pleased because you had always wanted to hear about yourself on your favorite podcast. Welcome to the Fat Feminist Witch. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in today. I'm having a little bit of fun with this episode, doing something just a little bit different. My cousin recently gifted me the first Welcome to Night Vale tarot deck, along with some some crocheted things that they had made that really fit the aesthetic, like some glow-in-the-dark cacti and um, spooky-looking mushrooms and a really cool cauldron with like a tentacle coming out. So I've just been, been going back and, and listening to some old episodes of the show Welcome to Night Vale and feeling a little nostalgic. It's been It's been fun, right? So for those who have never heard of it before, Welcome to Night Vale is a podcast, but it's fictional. So the premise is that you are listening to the local community radio station and hearing the DJ talk about the goings on in this little town of Night Vale, which really is like if the Twilight Zone existed just in the desert. <laughs> um, so the town is run by, you know, a vague yet menacing government agency and the sheriff's secret police. There are doorways to other dimensions in places like dog parks. Everyone in town has bloodstone circles in their homes. Uh, and a lot of people who show up in Nightvale don't seem to know how they got there. Also, most everything in the town uh, has the ability and also desire to kill you. But this is all presented very nonchalantly by the DJ, Cecil. Uh, most people in Night Vale know not to talk about the weirdness, not to talk about the fear, not to talk about, you know, anything that they're not explicitly allowed to. It's very fun. Almost uh, all of the podcasts that I've listened to have been witchy in nature. The first ones I listened to were, you know, about witchcraft and paganism. And this is one of the few that is is not explicitly about witchcraft, although I, I feel like it just kind of fits with my my overall spooky, um, mystical kind of vibe that I like to feel sometimes. Um, my cousin who, who gave me the deck, we share this interest in Night Vale. They're one of the only people I know in real life who also listens. And we actually went to watch them perform a live show in Detroit at the Fillmore years ago. It was such a fun time. So it was really sweet of them to give me the deck. They said that they thought I could really appreciate it. So <laughs> I'm trying very much to appreciate it, um, especially because they are moving out of their house for the first time. will be living many hours away from me, uh, and I'm very proud of them, and I wish them luck if they are listening. Also, I posted some pictures of the, the things that they had crocheted me, the, the cactus and the cauldron on my Instagram, and I highly recommend checking them out because they're very, very cute. <laughs> So while I was re-listening to some of my, my favorite episodes of Night Vale, which were all, they, they're all from the very first, um, I guess you would say season. <laughs> I think there's about five now, but they're all from the very first season. So they're a little bit older, but I realized, you know, how perfect the whole, the whole vibe of, of the show and the aesthetic are for this time in our lives and also in the year. I love September. We're in September. It's, 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 you know, it's the first few days of September. And I know it's not officially fall, but come on, y'all. Autumn season is upon us. <laughs> so listening to, you know, spooky stories while I drink coffee filled with pumpkin spice flavored cream that just tastes like uh, speculoos cookies for those who are uh, Dutch or, or Belgian. The windmills. Oh, so good. And I could feel, you know, this slightly cool breeze that's 
either coming through the window or that I'm imagining, you know, and I, I can turn my mind's focus away from, I'm just going to say the horrors of our world, uh, and toward the horrors of this imaginary world instead, which is somehow very comforting. When you're used to watching the news and seeing these real life horrors, seeing some of these fictional monsters and, and beings and, and storylines, it it's a little bit cathartic. <laughs> it's a little bit different. It's a great distraction. Um, I'm really excited for fall, obviously. I, I've been up and down all of the Halloween aisles already. Uh, <laughs> but it's reminding me how much has changed this year and how how different this fall is going to be because of, you know, the pandemic and just, it's not just the pandemic. You know, I think the pandemic is just one really small part of this very like revolutionary and transitory time that we're living through. You know, the pandemic is, is one slice of that pie, but because of all of this that we're living through, you know, I've been, I've just been wondering little things that aren't necessarily super important, but that I can't help thinking about, like, what Halloween will look like, you know, am I, are we going to see any trick-or-treaters at all? Will there be children going door-to-door looking for candy? I mean, they're wearing masks, but still, I don't know. I think about my nephew who's starting his first year of high school this week, how, like, how, how special of a time that is, but how different that will be for him. You know, it's already kind of scary to start high school and now things are just different. Plus he's a very sporty kind of kid. You know, he loves playing sports and who knows if any sort of team sports will even be a thing in the year to come. That has always been, you know, his, his outlet, his, his fun. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about little things like that. Um, also, I've been thinking about how a local group of anti-maskers and COVID deniers are planning protests and demonstrations this weekend in public places while my county, my area, is being hit with a wave of infections, more than a hundred of which could be traced back to a single family who apparently knew they were infected and went out socializing anyways. Man, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted all the time by all of this. Like I'm just, I'm going through a time <laughs> and I keep trying to remind myself, you know, everybody's going through a time right now. I'm just, but you know, that only does, does so much, but everyone's going through it, but it only does so much. I'm exhausted. I'm thinking about, you know, the world that I always imagined living in as an adult and just <laughs> seeing that we've ended up somewhere completely different. And it's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So it's been nice to to disappear into another world that is just a different kind of scary. Though the citizens of Nightvale, despite existing in a strange realm that seems to be outside time and space, but still also somehow in the United States, deal with a lot of things that, that we do, that we are right now. So they fight for their right to educate themselves. They fight against capitalism and evangelicalism. <laughs> and they literally fight their own shadow selves, who are, of course, disturbingly bright and shiny and smiley. Oh, that's the shadow for sure. The kids in town are pretty badass and they rise up to fight against evil librarians and corporations. Uh, the women in town consistently prove themselves very strong and also frightening, which I appreciate. 
And, you know, the people, they regularly stop to gaze at the stars and read the lights in the sky, some of which are natural and some of which are not, for signs and for direction. There is definitely a very spooky, um, mystical occult vibe to Night Vale. That's why another thing that we have in common with the citizens of Night Vale is that we know how to make magic using bloodstones. Bloodstones can be arranged into circles and grids in your home or office or in the middle of a park or supermarket produce aisle for the purposes of chanting rituals and spells. While these magic rocks in that interesting desert community are made of, you know, they're made at the certified bloodstone factory run by Nightvale's shadowy town council, um, they share a lot of properties with the ones that we have here and now in our world. So let's take a look. Literally, look, take up a bloodstone in your hand. Mine is a smooth palm stone, but any cut can be used. This gorgeous jasper chalcedony, it's a dark mossy green with splatters of dark red all over the surface. Definitely called bloodstone for a reason. This Aries ruled stone conjures the elements of earth and fire and resonates with various chakras throughout your body, including the root at your pelvis, the sacral just below your belly button, the heart in the middle of your chest, and the surus chakras at the ends of each of your invisible tentacles. You should feel an odd and uncomfortable buzzing in this last chakra, but otherwise its energy is grounding, motivating, and really healing for the heart and for the blood. Speaking of blood, always speaking of blood, this magic rock doesn't just work on a physical level, but on a metaphysical level as well. Bloodstone can help you explore your ancestry or genealogy, and it can help you heal from issues related to your family. It can help you communicate with your ancestors and also heal and clear out ancestral curses. Now, ancestral and family curses are something we'll be talking about more in a future episode. That's part of this I'm just on this kick of exploring baneful magic, and I have a whole bunch of episodes planned out based on all of the stuff that I'm learning. So I've got one all about ancestral and family curses that I'm currently working on. But here are the basics. An ancestral curse is something non-genetic, so I don't mean um, a disease that's passed down through your family or a, you know, a genetic difference. Um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome runs in my family, but that is not my family curse. So an ancestral curse is something non-genetic that's passed down through family lines and can cause pain or difficulty or trauma in future generations. Well, it's of course poss possible to actively curse someone's family on purpose. I mean, curses of that nature are just magic 101, right? We all know how to curse an entire family line. <laughs> but most ancestral curses are actually created within the family through actions and beliefs. So abuse and trauma are patterns that can get repeated through generations, shared often from parent to child, and then from that child to the original parent's grandchild, so on and so on. 
Bloodstones can be used to help you break both types of curses, protect you from the bullying actions of any living members that are continuing this cycle, and help you heal with the aftermath of living with it. So, you know, you don't have to continue perpetuating the curse with your own actions and beliefs. As powerful as magic rocks are, you can probably imagine that this type of ritual requires just a little bit more. You can't break a family curse overnight after all. It takes time and energy and magic and blood. So that's where today's sketchy herb comes in. Since Nightvale is a desert community, you don't really have lush forests of greens and flowers and otherworldly mosses to work your magic with, like we do here in normal climates. What you do have are cacti. Cacti that, if they're anything like the cacti I have here in a completely different climate, are coming into their blooming season. Night Blooming Sirius is a name of many varieties of flowering cactus throughout the Western world here. Most bloom only for one night, usually one full of bright moonlight. They love the moon, this flower. And they release, oh man, this intoxicating fragrance that will implant itself in your mind and take up residence there for the rest of your life. You'll never forget it. As a night blooming flower, it's ruled by the moon, but its powers of deep and terrifying transformation associate it with the astrological sign of Scorpio, vile Scorpio. This queen of the night resonates again with multiple chakras, namely the heart, again, the crown at the top of your head, and the invisible, mystical eighth chakra that floats in a fixed location above the crown of your head. This soul star chakra is our access point to the Akashic, or Akashic, if you will, records, which records the pasts, presents, and futures of all human life on Earth. The night blooming Sirius can be used in moon and dream magic, and it can induce psychic dreams if you smell it while you're sleeping. Its mystical applications relate to breaking ancestral curses and the patterns that we perpetuate through them. They rewire our thought processes and they can help connect you to and protect you from your shadow self. The one who looks like you, sounds like you, and yet is not the you that you are now. It can also help you get noticed find the strength to come out or to express yourself authentically and highlight the otherworldly and vaguely menacing traits that make you special. To begin the process of breaking an ancestral curse with bloodstone and this beautiful blooming flower, you will need, of course, a blooming serious cactus, a moonlit sky, a photo or a representation of the ancestor who is the, the root or the source of the curse, something that you are willing to destroy and not get back. You also need a tool to dig with, and of course, you, both of you. You'll know if your cactus is approaching its 24-hour blooming period because it will grow long, furry, gray stalks that look exactly like giant tarantula legs, but probably aren't. <laughs> before it opens the bud of the flower at the end of the knot 
tarantula leg, will be covered in a shiny reddish skin that looks as though it's about to burst open. Isn't desert flora just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Sharp spikes up and down a thick, leathery skin that contains vast amounts of goo, reaching towards the inky black void of space, sprouting this large and outrageous spider-leggy flowers that cast a fragrance that can transport you to the otherworldly dimension known as Akasha, where you can see and confront your most frightening demons. <sighs> How magical. So for your ritual, sit outside under the moonlight with your night-blooming Sirius, currently blooming, your bloodstones, your family items, and your digging tool. Holding the bloodstone in your dominant hand, take a huge whiff of the incredible scent of the flower. Close your eyes and breathe deeply, pulling the fragrance into your body. Imagine it's traveling through you, opening and activating your chakras, aligning them with the soul star floating in a fixed location above your head. Feel it fill your mind and memory as it fills your nose. Allow your mind to float upwards towards the soul star and toward your own mystical Akashic records. Don't be afraid of floating away because your bloodstone has you firmly grounded to the planet. You won't get lost. I mean, don't go wandering around or anything. If you find yourself in an interdimensional hallway filled with old oak doors, I wouldn't go gallivanting unless unless you want to disappear and reappear in locations you have no control over, like Scooby-Doo. But one of the doors is yours. If you see it, feel free to enter if you want. But otherwise, just feel yourself connected to this mystical plane of existence from right here on this blue, green, and other color indescribable by human language planet of ours. When you're ready, open your eyes and turn your attention to the, the photos or the items that you've gathered that represent your ancestors or the curse. This could be a photo of the known originator or of whatever belief or tradition that has become a curse. It could be a photo of the magical caster who placed the curse on your family, maybe a piece of jewelry that's been passed down and is haunted with the spirit of your ancestors. I mean, whatever. Just stuff you have around the house. This might require some research on your part. If you can't find anything tangible, anything you can hold in your hands, write out the story of your ancestral curse, of your family. Write out how it began, how it was perpetuated over time, and how it affects you now. You can speak all of this right into the flower, like your own little radio microphone. Now hold your item or, or your letter in one hand, the bloodstone in the other, and close your eyes and take another deep breath, breathing in the fragrance of the flower. Imagine, or say, to your flower microphone, how you think your life will change without this curse. Will it change relationships? Will it change something about the way you think? Will it change your goals or the way you think about yourself? Maybe it will change the afterlife for your ancestors or even retroactively change the spiritual relationship you might have had with any of them. Let any anger you feel about the situation disappear. 
Wherever there was anger, or fear, or hatred, there is now only the intoxicating smell of the night-blooming Sirius. This smell will linger now in your memories, your beliefs, your actions, your dreams, and in your very DNA, metaphysically speaking, of course. When you're ready, dig a small hole in the ground or the pot surrounding your cactus. Fold up your letter or photograph or lock of hair very small and bury it in the hole. Place the bloodstone that you've been holding throughout your ritual on top of your little grave. You'll collect this tomorrow after the flower has completed its short but memorable life cycle and begun to wither. Pull off the withered flower and place it over the little grave of your ancestral curse where it has been buried and say goodbye. Keep the bloodstone with you to empower you, to provide healing over time. It's not just going to happen overnight. The ritual happens overnight. The effects might take some time. And that bloodstone is empowered to, to do that from this point on. You can also use your bloodstone and the night blooming Sirius as a gateway to your Akashic records, as you saw earlier in your mind's eye while I was describing it. Find the door that is uniquely yours when you are in that space. That's your records room. You'll be able to recognize it instantly because it'll, it will be very you. Feel free to search these public records, be they video, paper, or chiseled stone tablets. I mean, it's your records. It's like a library all about you. Of course, the librarians should still be avoided. Those bloodthirsty fiends. And now, a word from our sponsor, followed by your witchy weather forecast. I know from experience that anxiety, fear, and depression can keep you from manifesting your most magical life on the best of days. And witches, these days are not the best. That's why if you're struggling or feeling lost, I want you to consider reaching out to a professional licensed therapist through BetterHelp. Within 24 hours, they'll assess your needs and match you with a therapist that is specially trained to deal with everything from depression and anxiety to grief, conflicts at home, and even sexuality and gender across the spectrum. It's all online, so there's no awkward social distancing in the waiting room. You're in the comfort and safety of home. You can message your therapist anytime and schedule weekly audio or video chat sessions. The service is available worldwide. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and they offer financial aid to those who need it. Lately, so many people have been reaching out that BetterHelp is actually recruiting more counselors in all 50 states right now. I want you to manifest the life of your dreams, starting today. As a listener, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash fatfeministwitch. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash fatfeministwitch.
We're going to finish off today's broadcast with September Taroscopes. Listen for your sun sign, determined by your birth date, for a special message from the Welcome to Night Vale tarot deck. Virgo, Ten of Pentacles. Celebrate your success won by hard work, determination, and a strong foundation. Spend time with your family 
and reach out to your ancestors to help you manifest your dreams before it's too late. Beware of propensities to overspend or thinking about the crushing reality of your debt. Libra, King of Cups. Your intuition shows you the way the world works, even if everyone else, ever, just doesn't see it. Be patient with them. Be compassionate. Show them the way. But stay balanced, Libra. Don't scare anyone. You can't force them to see things your way. You don't know everything. No, you don't. Scorpio, Six of Swords. This month, you will approach the unknown, leaving behind things you once found comfortable and familiar. The change is good. You will be better. You will be better. Let go. Don't resist the change. Let go of your baggage. Just drop it outside. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Sagittarius. Nine of Swords. You'll need strength and a support system this month. You could find yourself ruminating over memories and fears that may or may not actually be real. You could find yourself ruminating over the fact that you may or may not actually be real. Your fears aren't real. Your dreams are. Go to sleep. Capricorn, Seven of Wands. You've made it this far. It fought a hard battle, but the war isn't over. Some strange beings, definitely not angels, may try and take what you've worked for, but you have ways of protecting yourself. Use them now. Be ready to make more moves in the future. Also, beware of trolls. Seriously. Aquarius, Nine of Cups. This will be your month. You'll feel like your dreams are coming true, both literally and figuratively. It's a time of heightened intuition and psychic dreams, as well as heightened abundance and grateful dreams. Share it with those you love, even if you can't do it in person. There is a warning, though, against materialism. As Herman Melville once said, the things you own end up owning you. Beware. Pisces, Page of Wands. I know you like to go with the flow, Pisces, but this is the month to come up with ideas that will shake things up. Look around and see where you could make some, some renovations, some upgrades. Maybe this room could use more art depicting human teeth. A little more blood and viscera strewn about. I mean, just have fun with it. The only limits are your imagination and that pesky, pesky reality. Nothing can stop you from dreaming, though, can it, Pisces? Aries, Queen of Cups. You may feel a little out of your element this month, Aries. This month, you'll need to tap into that vast ocean inside yourself and connect with your emotional sea monster instead of the regular monster. You know the one. Swaddle that little tentacled baby in love and kindness this month and let everyone else worry about their own monsters for once. Taurus, strength. If you find yourself wandering a vast desert otherworld this month, call on your reserves of inner strength and the will to persevere. The obstacles you will face will not be coming from outside of you, but from within. 
I don't even know how they got in there. But don't let them out. Stay strong. Don't doubt yourself. You're the only thing that's real. Gemini. Temperance. Well, aren't you the perfect little Gemini with these perfectly pleasant, though different energies swirling inside you? This month, a sandstorm may rage about you, but you've no need to panic because you're a Gemini. Keep that big, toothy smile on your face. Grab hold of that sand in yourself. No, no, the other one. Yes. And create a brand new metropolitan area, so to speak. You've both got this. Cancer, the Empress. I'm sure you know that you're a beautiful, sensual, powerful being who can create whatever reality you choose. Oh, you didn't? Well, that's odd. You should have gotten the memo. Though as married, you shouldn't need to be told at all. Just look around at all you've built, all you've created, all you've conjured from the blackness of the void. It's beautiful. Enjoy it. You earned it. Leo, Seven of Pentacles. You have been working so hard on your crops this year, dear Leo. And though you expected to have some sweet and juicy oranges to eat and sell by now, you'll have to wait a little longer to share the fruits of your labor with others. Take some time to walk around your orange grove and inspect your work. Check the soil, the air, the water, the human blood fertilizer irrigation system. Don't give up just yet. Witches, listeners, and friends, thank you for joining me today on the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast and for having a little spooky fun with me. I hope you are just as excited as I am to be quickly approaching the season of the witch, you know, the autumn equinox, and then finally Halloween, when we have a blue moon. October is going to be very exciting this year. I'll leave you today with this quote from episode 53 of Welcome to Night Vale, titled The September Monologues. The wind out of the deserts is changing. I feel it. You feel it. A shiver in the midday heat. A crackle in the television broadcast. A shift in your immune system. It is September, and something is different. It is September, and the days have gone sinister. From first eyes open to last slow breathing. Good night, witches. Good night. This has been the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast, written and voiced by Paige Vanderbeck. The theme of the show is Back to the 90s by Douglas Mulvey. And the soundtrack to the Witchy Weather Report was Rocks and Mud by Lionel Cassio, featuring Krista Marina. You can find out more about this show at thefatfeministwitch.com and about Welcome to Nightvale at welcometonightvale.com. You can find me all across social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest by searching for The Fat Feminist Witch. Want to support the show? You can do that by going to my website and clicking buy me a coffee to make a small one-time donation. You can support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thefatfeministwitch, and you can even advertise your own witchy product, service, magazine, or podcast here on the show by going to advertisecast.com slash thefatfeministwitch. Have a fabulous weekend, witches. 